poor Don. Uh, Don and Peg, his wife Peg of uh, Windmiller, have been with uh, Springbrook for six years. And uh, Don, uh, like uh, Lou uh, and um, last week Larry, travel a lot with Springbrook. Uh, but they do call Springbrook Church their home. And uh, Don has been with uh, Springbrook for six years. He's also uh, a director for our conference, Converge Worldwide, and uh, has taken a position that's going to be moving him down to uh, Florida. And so this is actually going to be Don's last weekend uh, here with us at Springbrook. And so uh, I'd like to invite you after the service to stop by and uh, thank Don for his uh, faithful service here at Springbrook. And at uh, this time, I'd like to ask you just to join me as we welcome um, him this morning. I love it. I love it. What's his name? Yeah. That's... <laughs> Let me tell you, it gets like that up here sometimes. You know, your mind just goes blank. We're uh, in a series on messages uh, that Christ taught his disciples, that he's teaching us, and uh, Today we're uh, in Matthew chapter 14, and I've entitled this, uh, this talk, uh, Faith Walkers. We're faith walkers if we are believers and followers of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you trust Christ, that he died on the cross for your sin, that he rose again from the dead to prove his power over the grave, to save you from your sin and give you eternal life, and you, you believe that and you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you are a faith walker. All of us are faith walkers, like Peter walking on the water. He walked on the water by faith. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 14, if you have it. Otherwise, look here on the uh, PowerPoint and follow along, starting at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, what crowd is there? A couple of weeks ago, Dr. Petrie talked about feeding of the 5,000. That's the crowd that Jesus is dismissing. He just performed this incredible miracle of feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He sends the disciples ahead of him, and he dis dismisses the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And then they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. Those were, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Faith walkers trust the Lord's direction, if you're filling out that little little outline there. Faith walkers trust the Lord's direction. Now, catch the scene here. Jesus just fed the 5,000. He dismisses the, the disciples to get in the boat and go ahead of them. Now, uh, they trusted him. They trusted his direction. It's easy for us as believers to trust the direction of Jesus. 
when it's kind of a simple task that we know and understand. Most of these guys were fishermen, and so they got in the boat and they took off. Jesus said, get in the boat, go to the other side. Okay, we can do that. I can obey that. Some things are pretty easy to obey, while other things get a little, little harder, as we'll see here in a moment. Now, the Sea of Galilee, or also called Lake Gennesaret, is 13 miles by 7 miles and about 700 feet below sea level. It's not a large body of water there in the northern part of Israel, but it's surrounded by hills, and when a west wind comes down over it, it's like a funnel, and, and the great storms can come up in a flash, in a twinkle of an eye. Uh, and so it, it's a, it can be a very dangerous body of water. Now, Jesus sends, his, sends them ahead, dismisses the crowd, but then notice he goes off and he prays by himself. Notice Jesus is never in a panic. He's never in a hurry. I mean, we're always in a hurry. We're always in a panic. We don't want to wait anywhere. We don't want to wait in line anywhere. Jesus isn't in a panic, and he goes off by himself to pray. Not a bad lesson in and of itself to learn. Get alone with God and pray, especially before great storms are going to come up. Well, while Jesus is praying, the storm comes up. Then Jesus gets up and he walks out towards the disciples. And we find in verse 25 and 27, faith walkers recognize the presence of Christ, the presence of God in their lives. Look at uh, verse 25. Got it up there? During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost! They said, and they cried out in fear. Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now, it was the fourth watch of the night. Romans divided the, the night into four watches. This was the fourth watch, so it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's pretty dark, especially with the clouds covering and the waves crashing over the boat. And uh, they see Jesus walking on the water. This is a new experience. And they think he's a ghost, and so they're crying out in fear. It's a ghost! I don't know about you, but there are fears in my life. I looked up uh, phobias on the Internet there, and... Uh, 530 phobias listed in phobialist.com. Phobia is an intense fear reaction to a particular thing or situation. But with a phobia, fear is out of proportion to the potential danger. Isn't that the case? I mean, you know, sometimes our, our phobias are just, they're, 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 out, of, uh, they're out of whack. Uh, I mean, we may have a fear of something, but sometimes it's so intense I mean, and of this 530, there are, you know, all kinds of different types of fears and phobias. Fears of spiders, that's probably the number one. Uh, fears of dark, fears of height, fears of bathing. <laughs> Check your neighbor out on that one. Uh, fear of church, a fear of things on the right side. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's weird. I didn't see one, fears of things on the left side, so it's just on the right side. You know, fears of elevators, fears of dentists. Oh, we've got a great dentist in Holly, super dentist. But, you know, it's, I feel bad for dentists because, you know, it, you know, when you have to go, it's like, oh, man, I've got to go to the dentist. And you can have a great dentist. Fears of lost jobs, fears of planes, fears of germs, fears of cancer, fears of, of uh, finances. 
appears as snakes. I'm like Indiana Jones. I hate snakes. I mean, when I see a snake, I'm going the other way. No doubt about it. But, but one time I faced my fear. I was in the backyard, and I was trimming a bush that had grown so large it grew up the side of the house and over the top of the roof of the house. So I get my electric trimmer buzzing off there, and I get a six-foot ladder, and I'm trimming this hedge up the side of the house, and I'm climbing the ladder. I get to the top of the ladder and the top of the house, and I'm trimming this thing, and all of a sudden, I see this snake sunning itself on the roof of my house. And I thought, what are you doing? I thought it. I didn't say it, you know, because they, they don't talk back. But So I thought, you know what? I'm going to show that snake. I'm not afraid of it because I've got an electric trimmer in my hand. <laughs> and I took that trimmer and I hit it at that snake. As soon as I hit it at that snake, it darted straight at me. Now, I reacted. I jumped away. But I was on a six-foot ladder. Boom! Wham! I hit the ground. That snake coming right at me hits my shoulder off to the side. Adrenaline's pumping. I jump up. I grab a shovel, and I'm going to beat the snot out of that snake. My wife comes out, and she says, Don, what, what happened? I said, what do you mean what happened? She said, the house shook. I said, well, that's what happens when I fall off a six-foot ladder. I said, I was facing my fear. Actually, I was irritating my fear. Why do we do that? Why do we, why do we mess around with our fear when we know it's there, and all of us have fear? We need to attack it right away, and 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 move away from it. In the midst of our fears, we need to recognize that God is there. That the presence of God is there. In the New Testament, 125 times, in the imperatives of fear, fear not, uh, be of good courage. Jesus tells us to fear not. Don't be afraid. The, the next command closest to that in number-wise is, is love God and love your neighbor. So Jesus knows that we are a people of fear, that we get afraid of things pretty quickly. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And in John 14, 1, Jesus says to his disciples, if you trust in God, trust also in me. Throughout the scriptures, God recognizes that we can become very fearful as human beings. And he wants to remind us that he is there. That he is there to go through that struggle with us that he's in the midst. Jesus immediately recognizes their fear. These grown men crying out, they were afraid. And Jesus said, hey, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. In the midst of our fear, we need to recognize that God is there. But thirdly, we recognize the Lord's direction. We need to recognize that he's there. But then we need to also, as faith walkers, learn to wait upon the Lord. Lord, if it's you, Peter said, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter needed to wait for a moment on the Lord. 
he recognized that it's the Lord. But you see, a lot of times in our, in our faith walk, we jump ahead of God, don't we? We get ahead of what he wants to do. We need to discern between faith and foolishness. I can't tell you the times that people have come into my office when I, when I was a pastor, and pastor down in Florida, and man, they were way ahead of God. I mean, you know, they said, well, God wants me to do this, God wants me to do that, and, and, and there's direct, directives in the Bible directly against it. I said, well, here's the word of God. We need to listen to what God says in his word and, and, and honor that. And sometimes we just need to wait on the Lord, don't we? It says in, in the book of Psalms 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. <laughs> Peter wanted to make sure that Jesus thought it was a good idea to get out of the boat before he got out of the boat. Hey, if it's you, tell me to come over to you while walking on the water. And Jesus then said, come. Peter was waiting for the command. He was waiting for Jesus to speak to him. He was waiting for Jesus to give him a direction. And sometimes we just need to wait on the Lord. But it's hard to wait, isn't it? Like I said earlier, we, we, we don't like to wait. We don't, we don't like to stand in lines. If I go to a restaurant and there are three people sitting there waiting... I'm going to another restaurant. <laughs> I hate to wait. Pastor Rich mentioned that Peg and I are moving to Orlando. We work for Converge Worldwide, a church planting ministry uh, that uh, Convert or that uh, Springbrook is a part of. And we have a training center that they built in Orlando, and they wanted us to move down there. Well, they moved all the staff down there over the last two years. Two years ago, we put our house up for sale so we could move to Orlando, but it hadn't sold well, the market's pretty bad, isn't it? And we travel back and forth with, with our ministry and back and forth to Orlando and other parts of the country. And, and we kept waiting, Lord, what's wrong? We're not supposed to go to Orlando? I mean, we waited for two years. Six months ago, we put it up for rent. We waited and waited and waited and waited. Finally, six weeks ago, somebody rented it. And we found a place in Orlando to rent, and we're, we're heading down there. But we waited for two years. I mean... It's hard to wait for the Lord's direction. You don't want to be foolish and step out ahead of him and get out of the boat when he's not there. You want to make sure that he's in it, that it's his idea. But we need to wait on the Lord, even though it's very difficult to do. We need to, as faith walkers, trust his direction, obey him. We need as faith walkers to recognize his presence. He, he is there. He's in the midst of it. We as faith walkers need to wait on the Lord and wait for his direction. But then, fourthly, we as faith walkers need to get out of the boat. We just need to get out of the boat. Twelve guys in the boat screaming, it's a ghost! Peter. His faith takes control of his life. He said, Lord, if it's you, let me come over there. Come, he says. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. There comes a time in our lives that we need to get out the boat. <laughs> Peter got out of the boat in the midst of the storm. He got out of the boat in front of 11 other skeptics. What are you doing, Peter? And he walked on the water. 
He walked on the water. And by the way, not because, not because of him, but because of Jesus. He was being obedient. Jesus said, come. And he walks on the water. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And in James it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Listen to Jesus' voice. Be in the word. Knowing what the word says about any given situation and how I need to be obedient to him. Pray, wait, listen, and then get out of the boat. Do it. Do what he says. Do what the Bible says. Don't just say, yeah, we're people of the word, but then our life doesn't show it. We need to be obedient by doing what the word of God says and be that kind of example and do it by faith that Christ will see us through. And faith and circumstances come in all different shapes and sizes, don't they? Truth of the matter is, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are faith walkers every day. But sometimes we stay in the boat and stay safe. And sometimes we get out of the boat and do what God wants us to do. I mean, what's your boat? Maybe your boat today to step out in faith is to really trust God with your finances. Maybe it's to trust Him with that job that you're looking for because you just lost the last one. Maybe it's trusting Him by faith with the cancer that you have that broken relationship. Maybe it's trusting him by faith to share your faith with your neighbor. And just do it. My dad, great, great guy. He was a pipe fitter. And a, a tough guy, but a tender-hearted guy. And he loved Christ. He accepted Christ as a Savior in his teenage years. And uh, he lived for the Lord. And he taught that to, uh, to me and to my brother. When my dad was 50, he had uh, colon cancer. As a result, we really prayed him through that, and God, God brought him through it and uh, got rid of that cancer. He had a colostomy, and uh, we really thanked the Lord for that. We trusted God by faith that he would do that for my dad. Three years later, 53, the cancer came back. And we were praying, God, the doctors say it's terminal, that uh, you're going to take him home. Uh, but, uh, but we're just praying that you'd heal him. And, and we believe that. We believe that God does miracles. He could do, Peter can walk on the water. God can take the cancer from my dad. I went to visit my dad in May and uh, talked to him. I said, you know, what can I do, Dad? You know, what kind of, he said, Don, you can't do anything. He said, I'm in the hands of my Savior. If Jesus wants to heal me, he'll heal me. If he wants to take me home, he'll take me home. But that's okay. I'm just going to walk by faith. A month later, Jesus took him home. And we say, well, you know, Jesus didn't answer your prayer. Well, you see, a lot of times the things we want by faith aren't always what God wants for us by faith. It's what we want. You see, we walk by faith not for ourselves, 
but for the glory of God in us, that God would be glorified. And oh, man, was God glorified in my dad. Because my, my dad didn't let fear rule his life. He didn't let fear steal the joy of his relationship with Christ. In a minute, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe some of you in the last, last night in, in first service, uh, some people just shared a testimony of faith. And, uh, and I'd like you maybe just, if there's something in, in your life, uh, a story that you could tell us uh, where you just stepped out in faith, you trusted God by faith in a given situation, whether it was a, an illness or a relationship or a family member or something uh, that, uh, that that happened in your life, would you just give us a testimony in a minute uh, uh, of, uh, of faith in your life? It doesn't mean you're a super Christian. You see, we all walk by faith. Uh, and all of us have stories. But uh, if you've got a testimony, I want you to give it. Faith walkers need to recognize the Lord's direction. We need to practice His presence in our life, knowing He's there, no matter what. We need to wait on it in His timing. What does His Word have to say about it? Being alone in prayer like Jesus went away to pray by Himself. But then there's a time we've got to act and get out the boat and walk by faith. But lastly, faith walkers grow in adversity. We grow in adversity. I mean, I wish we could grow in everything smooth, and we do, but we grow much better and stronger in adversity. But when he sank, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You know, let's don't forget Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water. So we don't want to give him a hard time for sinking. Truth of the matter is, we all sink, don't we? There are times in our life where we're just sinking. But we want to say, Peter, what were you thinking? I mean, the storm was there when Jesus came out walking on the water. The storm was there when you said, Jesus, tell me to come over to you. The storm was there when you got out of the boat. The storm was there when you walked on water. What were you thinking? His peripheral vision catches these waves ready to swallow him home, and he sinks like a rock. He bobs up. I can imagine him spitting water out. And he began to pray. Almighty God, maker and creator of all things, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, no, he just said, Lord, save me! That's not a bad prayer. In fact, it's a pretty holy prayer. It's a desperate prayer, and it's a prayer that Jesus hears. How many times have you and I said, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. But Lord, help me. Let me tell you, that's faith walking. Even when you cry out. He forgot for a moment. <laughs> Took his eyes off of Jesus. Let me tell you, his focus shifted. It shifted from the glory and the power of Christ to his fear. And he let his fear rule him just for that moment. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in you 
you may have that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world that's Jesus promise to us you're gonna have trouble man when I became a Christian we all know this we you know and we hear this you know it's not a bed of roses we want everything to be smooth and God is with us now so everything will be cool and Jesus says no man you're gonna have trouble but take heart I've overcome the world consider it pure joy my brothers and James whenever you face trials of many kind because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance oh yeah great bring it on I want trouble <laughs> I don't know how many of us really kind of want that but let me suggest to you consider it pure joy my brothers when you face trial the joy isn't in the trial I mean who likes that but the joy is in the Lord I mean that's what my dad got the joy was in the Lord. It wasn't in his fear of cancer, and he was afraid of it. But, you see, we let the enemy steal our joy. We let the enemy steal our love and the glory of God in us. God, I don't understand this. It makes me sick. I'm, I'm upset. I, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But, God, I know you are there. I know you have overcome the world. See, what Jesus is saying is, Don, this world is temporary. Your body is temporary. And eventually it's going to de decay and die away. But you are not temporary. You are eternal. I've given you a soul. That's who you are. And someday I'll reunite it with a perfect body and a perfect world and we'll live together forever in perfect harmony with no more death or crying or mourning or pain for the old order of things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. That's what Jesus said. But right now, you live in, in an imperfect temporary world but live it for me let my glory shine through your life no matter what the trials or what the struggles let people see the joy of God in your life through this problem and I'll be there with you and I'll bring you through it it may not bring I may not bring it through through it the way you want me to but I will take care of you I will not abandon you I will be there for you Satan wants to use our fears and shift our focus from the Lord as faith walkers to our fear. That's what Satan wants to do. And when he does that, he plants in our mind, you're a loser, you're a failure, you can't do anything. And all of a sudden we have spiritual amnesia. We forget who God is. We forget that He is our personal Lord and Savior. We get out there walking in faith and all of a sudden the waves come crashing over us in our life and we feel like God has abandoned us. Well, we need to cry out even sometimes like Peter. Lord, save me! I, I don't know what else to say. Isn't it interesting that He cried out to the right person? <laughs> He didn't say, hey guys, throw me a life jacket. <laughs> Give me an oar. Lord, save me. He cried out to the right person that could help him. What Jesus did? Man, you were walking on water. What's with you? 
I don't want failures on my team. I want winners on my team. I'm going to find 12 guys or 12 women. I'm going to find them that's going to change the world. I'm so glad he didn't do that. Peter cried out to the Lord, not to his buddies. The Lord walks over and picks him up, lifts him up. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Notice he didn't say, oh, you of no faith, but oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, we'd say, Peter, you just needed more faith. Just get it up there, faith, 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 faith. You know, the faith we have is even what God gives us. Can I suggest to you, and, and our faith certainly does grow because it grows then stronger for the next storm in our life as we trust him and as we trust him through that storm. And it suggests to you that Jesus is saying, Peter, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Remember. I mean, why do we doubt? We doubt because we don't remember. We celebrate once a month here at Springbrook the Lord's table, the, the bread, the broken body of Christ, the cup, the blood, shed blood for my sin. We do that to remember who Christ is and what he has done for us. And I'm suggesting to you that, that Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, oh, you have little faith. You don't remember. You were there when I just fed the 5,000. You just walked on water. You, did you forget a second later? In the Old Testament, we see uh, Jeremiah, the great prophet Jeremiah, man of God who, who spoke the truth and the word of God to the people. But we see in Lamentations, we see him lamenting over the brokenness of Israel. Israel, the people of Israel had sinned grossly against God, and sin has consequences. And as a result of that, they were taken into captivity, and Jerusalem was shattered. And here's Jeremiah lamenting over that brokenness, and even begins to think about it himself, that maybe he's a failure, and that God has abandoned him. And Jeremiah laments, and he says, I remember my affliction, and my wandering, and the bitterness, and the gall. I remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. God, I don't understand. Where are you? Why has this happened? Have you ever been there? Have you, have you thought like that? I have. But in the next breath, he says this, Yet this I call to mind, I remember. And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Jeremiah, even in his discouragement and his despair and his just in not understanding what God is doing, even for a moment feeling God has abandoned him, remembered God's faithfulness. Do you remember the times that God delivered you in different situations, how he brought you through certain situations? 
and right now you're at another one and you hit this wall. Sometimes the memories of God's blessings in our life are as short as our next struggle. I get so mad at myself like that. You know, thank you, God. Thank you for doing that, for meeting that need. I didn't know how you were going to do it. Thank you. And then, boom, boom, I hit this wall. <laughs> this struggle. And I'm going, oh, God, where are you, God? I don't understand why I'm going through this. Why do you doubt, Don? Don't you remember? I brought you through. I'm the God of the universe. I parted the Red Sea. I spoke and everything came into into, into, the, into being. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am there with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Remember, remember, remember. And Peter's faith was strengthened. Even in that moment of defeat, we may think, it was strengthened. And even though he continued to struggle in his relationship, and you might remember he denied Christ at the cross three times, and, and uh, that was a message I gave to you last year. Yet he died a martyr's death. Remember, all through our life, all the struggles, the trials, the, the fears, the failures, all of those things that, that come our way and, and, and go, we remember how God brought us through it. So won't he, bring through, won't he bring us through this one, the one that we're in right now? Won't he see us through it? He builds our faith so that we will be stronger for the next storm. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Paul says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. And what is it that he's saying, I consider myself not to have yet taken hold? If you go back into that passage, he's saying, I want to know the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Paul is saying, I want to know the power of Christ in me. And because I want to know that power, he said, he said, this one thing, I'm going to take a hold of it, and I'm going to forget the past, and I'm going to reach forward to what's in the future. I'm not going to let my fears, I'm not going to park by my fears, and I'm not going to park by my failures in life, but I'm going to reach forward because I want to know the power of Christ in me. And I pray for that, and I seek God for that, and I'm in his word for that. Maybe sometimes what we just need to do is get away quietly with the Word and open up the Psalms and read the Psalms as a personal prayer to God. Insert your name into the Psalms and read it to Him and weep, weep to Him with the struggles and the trials and the fears that you're going through. And recognize His presence and the joy that He wants to put in your heart that He is your God. Even though the circumstances don't seem to say it, and the circumstances want to crush me, but I know, I know that God is my joy, and my joy is in Him. It's not in the circumstance. It's not in the trial. It's not in the struggle that's happening in my life right now. The outcome of the storms may not always be our desire or our plan, but it's God. He's got your best interest at heart. A couple folks have some microphones. 
Anybody just have a testimony quick they want to give of, of stepping out in faith? A faith testimony? Anybody? Right here. There's the mic. Uh, I'm Steve Gillis. Before I ever came to Springbrook, I had to step out of the boat back in 1999. I had been working for a company for about 25 years, and uh, my Christmas present in 97 was got to drive down to Dwight, Illinois, which is down about 47 through a lot of small towns. I wanted to keep my job. And uh, the Lord just kept working on me. And uh, anyway, I decided I was going to join my wife's business. She wasn't twisting my arm. My problem sometimes, I too close to numbers. That's where I was in my prior career. And it's like, it seems like we're $400 short. And you're walking away from a salary, a job you're miserable at. You're walking away from your, um, your major medical. But anyway, she'll tell you this. I had no more than turned in my resignation to this company. And the next day, a national sales manager for one of her company called her. Wouldn't tell her what it was about. And I called him back, and he says, I understand you're looking for a job. I says, yeah, I am. He said, would you work for us in Minnesota? He says, your wife's been a good teacher, and that balanced the budget for us. And, and at the time, Pam had two other people working for her. I came on the team, and now God has blessed us with a full-time secretary and three other people. And the business is thriving, and God restored everything to us by 2001. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Sometimes we're walking by faith, and it's not even a conscious effort. Okay, consciously, by faith, I'm going to do this. I mean, God, God is just there for that. Anybody else? Fear is the, oh, got one more. Let's, I've got two hands. Let's do those two, and then we'll, we'll close it. I have a, kind of a woman's version of uh, stepping out of faith. I um, have three children now, but a few years ago I had two, and my husband was very happy with two, and I really wanted one more. So um, I really had to lay it down to God and not want it for me anymore and just let go of it and um, it's a long story but I was training for a marathon so when I ran I would pray um, just that God would change my husband's heart because I wanted him to want this and um, through the training and just God as big as he is and he changed uh, my husband's heart and we have a boy he, I call my prayer baby Sam and um, it's just um, a blessing every day I see him. It's just a wonderful thing. So Amen. It's very powerful. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. There's one back there in the back corner. Thank you. Hello, my name is Mavis. And uh, my story is to glorify God because he's taking us through a lot. This is my husband, Sam. A couple of years ago, I decided to embark on a career change. 
I'm a biological scientist, but I wanted to become a pharmacist. And my husband told me, he said, Mavis, I don't think this is the right idea because we have a son, and how are you going to do this? This is a six-year program. And I told him, I'm going to believe God for that. So I started, you know, embarked upon this. We had one son by then. I got admission against the Lord, sent to pharmacy school. I had two children whilst, you know, uh, preparing for pharmacy school. God took me to it. Everybody said, this lady's crazy. When I started my first year of pharmacy school, I came into school six months pregnant. People thought, she's nuts. But I said, Lord, the Lord God Almighty, he is my, my savior and he is my shield. He'll take me through this. So I just graduated this year, in May of this year, with a doctor of pharmacy um, degree. And this degree is to give glory to God. That's why I'm here, to tell God that um, I thank him for everything he's taken us through. He's brought us closer together as a family. And um, this profession is to glorify God. So to everyone out there who thinks God is not real, I'm here to tell you that he can take you through anything. All is not lost with God. It's just the beginning with God. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you. That's great. The number one reason why we don't get out of the boat is because of fear. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let fear steal your joy. And I'm not talking about a feeling joy. I'm talking about just the knowledge that God is there, and he is your joy, and he is your glory, and he will be glorified in you and through you no matter what in this circumstance and the next. Walk by faith. Pray with me. Holy Father, we thank you for your great love to us. Thank you that you gave us your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross and rose again from the dead to prove your power over the grave. And by faith, Lord, we accept you as Lord and Savior and we want to be faith walkers. Help us, Lord, to to be obedient to your word. Help us to, Father, uh, wait on you. Help us to recognize your presence, no matter what, that you are there. And Lord, help us to get out of the boat and walk by faith. And through our adversity, God, each one of us, I pray that you will make us stronger and that you will be glorified in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers come. I want to give you an opportunity to respond.